Oh, and here it is. Well, imagine that when I take myself away from the screen, that's just the way it works. What's up folks. It is episode 55 tonight. And on deck, we have the guys from the middle show. Aton Shander, I'm pretty sure she'll be popping in here momentarily. I see Harry Mays and Barrett Brooks on. Uh, of course, our guys are on as well. It should be a fun night. We're going to make this a quick intro because we are limited as far as on time, but we thank the guys for coming on with us. So just to get the show right on the way, I'm Angel. This is Brawl Street South. see all the guys come in all at once it does it's going tonight so uh guys hello and welcome to episode 55 how's everybody doing happy thursday happy friday eve it's uh it's a good one can't wait we've got a, we've got a loaded show tonight and uh we've got a lot of topics to cover great to see time. everyone let's get right into it ryan i think your audio is a lot better so hang on ryan uh from again the middle show let me bring up this screen here so everybody can see Again, Monday through Friday, and or Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on YouTube. You guys, if you look on their Twitter handle, you will see right here, there's a link directly to the show. If you click on the link, it'll take you to YouTube, and you can also look into, at phillyvoice.com, Apple Podcasts, in case you missed the show, and Spotify. So you, look, you can listen to it three different ways from Sunday, as I like to say a lot of times. And, of course, if you guys want to follow the guys as a team and or individually on their profile, you have Harry Mays at Harry Mays. To you, Aton Shander, it's always been the Shander show for many, many years, as long as, long as I remember. And Barry Brooks at B Brooks 72 NBS, or sorry, NBCS. Good Lord, I got marbles in my mouth tonight, just the way it works. But without making the guys wait around any longer, here we have tonight with us. And guys, we appreciate you guys coming on. Harry Mays and Barry Brooks, how are you guys this evening? What's going on, man? Appreciate Great, you man. guys having us. Thank you for coming on. Great to be Thank here, you. man. <laughs> this is an ensemble cast man there's a lot of people yes sir yes sir absolutely either we go big or we go home one or two so it's just, <laughs> just the way it works but i want to start off and guys i know it's going to be a, a pretty much a quick round robin here we do appreciate you guys coming on with us harry I'm uh before i get over to barry brooks i'm pretty sure the guys have a question for him as well do you remember i'm going to throw this back uh god i want to say maybe before a little bit after before the world series this event here Oh yeah. Yeah. The fat guy in the front, uh, front right there is me, I believe holding that helmet. That was when I was really fat. And that was when we were down in, uh, near Vineland, New Jersey. I want to say at that, uh, racetrack, it was a pretty cool event. Uh, it was like a go-kart thing, but they also like race regular cars there. They had, they had Porsches racing around there the day we were there. I remember. Yeah, that was, that was a fun day. I was working with Nick Kale back then. That was one of my 4,900 partners that I worked on uh, yeah. when I was with the Fanatic. Yeah, and, and if you do remember as well, and I, I'll hold up the shirt here because I still have it just like yeah. I still have the shirt here with uh, <laughs> Nick and, and Harry Mays. A Nick Kale sighting. Hey. A Nick Kale sighting, yeah. yes. The, now, if Harry remembers that day, I said it to Nick first, and I see the comments coming to you guys, and I'll get to you momentarily. So I said to Nick that, that day, you guys, and he made me repeat it to you, that you guys were the best morning duo at the time. It was short-lived, but it yeah. was the best morning duo. And then Nick made, made me repeat it back to Harry Mays. And to this day, I'll still say it, that morning combo was the best that 97.5 ever had, in my opinion. I wrong. appreciate that. That's uh, that's uh, very nice of you to say. The, uh, the thing is, is, like you said, it was very short-lived. There was a lot of things that were short-lived there because they, they never really gave things – uh, the the length of time to really 
get their legs, if you will. And I and I come to think of it, the reason they did that is because they never wanted the show to last. It was always like an interim. There was a lot of interim yeah. stuff going on there. Yeah, I hate to do it to you, but they did the same to me. In fact, yeah. I didn't even know I was a uh, 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 you know, a guy that was, you know, full time there. And I was only there, you know, every once in a while. And I got cut from the show. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. I only got cut from the NFL. Not a show. Not a Saturday and Sunday show at that. Right. At 8 o'clock in the morning. I mean, yeah. nobody was listening. I guess the people going to church at 8 o'clock in the morning were coming to see, listen to it. But hey, but how do I get cut from there? That's crazy, isn't it? Outrageous. No, it is nuts. And by the way, I see your third partner in crime here. Looks like he's going out for a walk. It's oh, yeah. He's Jenner Aton. How are you? I'm great, fellas. Look at this. Look how many heads they're in face. We've never reached this. What do we got? An octo box here? Hollywood <laughs> <laughs> oh, Square. This is it's impressive. It's a true round robin here, babe. Wow. I appreciate the uh, the invite for all of us. Good to be with you guys. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Like a oh, bad episode. Of <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. This is awesome, man. This is what streaming should be. Just a bunch of people on here talking, yelling, arguing, cursing, <laughs> right. whatever. I'll take yeah. Philly sports personalities radio for a thousand, Alex. Right. If it's if <laughs> yeah. it's Hollywood Squares, that make me Paul Lind in the middle. That's not good. <laughs> really? Is Paul Lind the most famous center square ever? Oh, uh, it's come gotta on. Be. Kenny G was there, yeah. right? Gotta George, be, man. George Goebel. George Goble was good. That's Paul was the king, though. Paul was the king. <laughs> now, the former offensive tackle, which we have Barry Brooks right to the left of Harry Mays, if those are, who are watching here live. Uh, Barry, and, and we know you played for multiple teams, as I'll, I'll go around here with everyone else. Um, and because we're, again, managed for a time here, out of the multiple teams that you played with, to kind of go quickly through it, which would you feel, and, and we won't be hurt if you don't say the Eagles, don't get me wrong. What team, in, in your own opinion, was the best that you ever played for in the NFL? Well, you know what? It had to be one and one A. Um, I would have to go, of course, I got to go still. I won a championship there. You know, at the end of my career, I was really able to feel what it is to be on the top of, of the sports industry. I was, I was the best number six offensive lineman in the world at the time. I didn't start, but I was the number six off the bench. So I was the best in the world, the mm -hmm. best coming in and being a jumbo tight end in the world. So, yeah, I would say uh, um, Steelers be number one. But then I have to say, you know, the, the Steelers, I mean, the Eagles gave me my, my shot, man. They gave me my first opportunity to, you know, put on an NFL uniform. So, you know, they called my name in the second round. So I had to say 1A, 1 and 1A. For, you know, for both teams, you know, but I did collect many checks for many owners. I enjoyed He's that. lying. It's Detroit. He's lying. It's Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Barrett, what is your take of the uh, Eagles 2021 season coming up? Oh, man, you know, my glasses always have full. I get it from these guys all the time, man. I think they're going to shock a lot of people. And at this point, I'm saying they, they're they going to be right around nine games. Now, I had to temper my expectations from 11 games when the, when, the, when, the, when, the, when the schedule first came out. See, I was looking at it from an athlete's point of view. The guy that's been in the league for, you know, a long time. And I looked at it like, all right, I'm looking at a sorry Detroit team. Then I'm looking at, you know, a sorry uh, this team. But then I turned around and I was like, oh, the Eagles are sorry, too. So they're looking at us the same way. So those, those are wins that they're counting on also, you know, looking at the division, you know, so – I had to temper my expectation, but I think they'll shock a couple of people because, I mean, they got a lot better on the offensive side of the ball. I know people are not giving them a chance right now, but, you know, even with, you know, this young quarterback, but the weapons that they have, the speed that they have right now is, is really turning me in the, in the direction that that offensive line, if they stay healthy, it's a top five offensive line in the league. So 
I mean, I'm going right at nine games. See, a guy, I didn't waver. Nine games. Nine I've wins? Been, I've nine been with wins. nine games right now, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Terry, from a radio perspective, and Aton, you can chime in on this too. Do you see nine wins, yes or no? Uh, no, I don't. But uh, I, Barrett was first 11 and six. You got to understand they played 17 wow. games, got him at 11 wins. And I, I wanted to check him for drugs. I mean, I know, <laughs> I know Aton's on drugs, but I didn't know Barrett was. So I, I was like, man, you need a drug test. And so we finally, you know, worked him way, you know, worked him down to nine. I'm at like seven and 10, eight and nine. I'm looking at this from purely a gambling perspective. They look like a seven or eight win team to me. Oh, man. I, I, look, I think these guys are, are just – they're too optimistic when it comes to one area. And this is where I will gladly have this conversation with people, which is to separate the fact that we all – all of us want this team in double-digit wins. We all want them to be in the playoffs. We want Jalen Hurts to work out. But let's look at this realistically. There are so many new pieces on this football team. And Jalen Hurts, to be fair, who I'm a fan of, is also technically a new piece. New coach, new DC, everything is so new. It just takes time. It doesn't mean it can't work, fellas. It just takes time. And I think at that point, it's going to take time. It might take six weeks. It might take 10 weeks. It might take 17 weeks. But I think this team is hovering around four or five wins, and they can probably steal one that we didn't expect and finish with six wins. But that's pretty much where I'm at. Now, that's not a bad thing if things are working and you can build and you see, okay, we're moving in the right direction. But I just, I just think there are so many new pieces right now that it's hard for me to go over six concrete. And if you have a team like the Philadelphia Eagles who are not going to be a Super Bowl contending team, you're probably better off winning four or five games next season and having a better draft pick as opposed to six through eight wins. I will throw that stat out there. And, Harry, this is for entertainment purposes only. There are, exactly. three, ga- there are three games that the Eagles play where the team that they're playing goes into their bye week the next week. It's at Las Vegas, it's at Denver, and it's at Detroit. Now, these three teams are most likely going to be cellar dwellers this year. So it's my hope that when the Eagles play these teams, that they'll just be looking ahead to their bye. And maybe the people who make those entertainment purposes point spreads won't be paying attention to that, or maybe the Philadelphia Eagles are able to steal a win. I'd love to throw this question out to the three of you. Julio Jones, he seems to be be the big – uh, big ticket, the big sexy item right now that all the teams seem to be clamoring for right now. For a team like the Eagles, who are not Super Bowl bound, at least in my opinion, they're not Super Bowl bound, is it really worth it for the Eagles to make a push to try to get Julio Jones? Not in my view. No. We talked about this at length on the show for, what, a couple days now, right? Right. It's the, yeah. it's, the offensive side. It's, it's not the offensive side yeah. of the ball that they nearly need to really improve. It, they have to go to the defensive side. That's where they're going to – um, be challenged the most. They'll be able to put up some points. They have enough in their offensive repertoire to score points. It's not that. I mean, we got an offensive-minded head coach, you know, so they'll score points. It's defense. Now, everybody else is going to score points on us, and that's what we have. We still didn't go out and get a number two corner or a number one A corner for this team. I mean, why? that's a travesty that we didn't go out and get a cornerback, you know, during uh, you know during the draft at, you know, First to uh, third pick. I mean, I, I don't understand that. You know, your first, second, or third round, you should have got a defensive back that could go out and shut down at least a number two guy uh, in the division. I mean, they have three great receivers in, in in you know Dallas, two in Washington, and then they have like three or four, maybe even five 
up in in um in, in, in with the Giants. So you're asking that defense to stop them? Ah, oh, it's, it's going to be tough. Do you see the Eagles signing Steve Nelson possibly in the upcoming days or during the summer? He wants money. That's the only reason why he's not in 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 with the, the Eagles. Don't right have now. much to give. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, they, right. they tied behind. You know, the the they're tied behind. The, the 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 Brinks truck that this kid is going to want to you know bring his services in yeah right they could definitely yeah, just use add him, that they could use him but here's the thing this is the team that won't put up any signage about Jalen Hurts this is the team that wants us to believe that Joe Flacco is fighting for his position there yeah. I mean who you don't make a trade for Julio Jones if you legit don't believe in the quarterback that you have and I'm not saying they have reason da, da, da. to believe or not oh, it's just that it's bullshit sorry no, yeah, no, yeah I look I look at this as a look-see year uh, you know really they're looking to see what they have in a lot of these players especially the quarterback and, you know, I don't know that they're fully sold on him, and nor should they be. I mean, he, what, he played four games, four or five games. He looked good in a few. He didn't look good, so good in a few. So, you know, this is his opportunity, I guess, you know, to show what he's got. And, I, you know, I hope he does well. But if, if they end up, like Aton thinks, at five or six wins, you're in the market for another quarterback next year. No question about that. You know, you're looking for you're looking for somebody to come in and, and, and take the reins of this team. Like I said, they have enough talent. You know, you keep that offensive line healthy. You know, I, you literally, you know, no qualms about it. With Malata at the left tackle, then, you know, with those four, you know, really good guys have started for, you know, the past four years together, this could be a really good starting offensive line that could keep him upright. You know, it'll just be his skill set that'll keep him as a starter. You know, look everywhere else. You know, they got speed at receiver. They got a pretty good running back. You know, they got a pretty good tight end in Goddard. And who knows if they let Zach Ertz go or not. You know, I think they'll be cool at that position. But to look at the defensive side of the ball, they just can't. I'm going to be holding my breath. I'm going to have my thumbs out. My stomach's going to be <laughs> curling every third down. Drinking your infused vodka. Right, my infused <laughs> vodka before the postgame show. I got to make it happen, man. Just because I can't stand DBs that we have right now, they're going to be starting. Wow. I can't wait for that. Aton's <laughs> making me dizzy, guys. Now you know what it's like doing a show with him every day. I'm sitting down here in this lower box here. I'm getting seasick. <laughs> Gentlemen, I'm going to chime in here real quick, and I'm, I'm tired of talking about the Eagles. It's, we're beating the, it's beating the dead horse. I'd sometimes like to talk about the Eagles, but not all the time. And actually, I'm getting sick, too. Just looking at eight, and I feel like I'm on a bad episode of Crocodile Hunter. So I'm trying to watch everybody else, and I'm watching him down here. Look, I got caught in the rainstorm. Let me ask the three. Let's let's get on the Sixers just for a minute here because the Sixers are in full swing. And I tried to tell these guys before, the one thing I was always concerned about with the Sixers is one of the three are always hurt. They have a propensity to get hurt. And I always said if Embiid is the one that goes down – they are screwed. If he cannot come back, do they beat the Atlanta Hawks? Oh, you better ask Barrett that first and foremost. Yeah, Bar- Barrett I thinks think, it's going to be easy. I, you know, it's never easy. But, we, you know, we're, we're looking at a situation. I'm looking at this Atlanta Hawk team. And to me, you know, I, we just we just went against two of the best guards in, in, you know, in, in, in basketball. You know, and so when I look at just Trey Young and then I see a bunch of guys that just are oh, just God. guys. I don't feel as though our, our, you know, this team is is really in a position where they can go out and 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 handle 
um, what we have as far as, you know, offensive and defensive prowess, uh, you know, going forward. I mean, we just shut down the best, one of the best guards in the league who's, who can put up 55 at any point. Trey, okay, he's put up 30. I mean, we're talking about, you know, True guards like you you're know, disrespecting Trey Young. You just don't like his hair. Yeah. Well, can yeah. they be? We're not going to get into that. They, I think they can, but it's going to take. I think they can, but it's going to take six or seven games. This, they're well, not going to dispose of them in four or five without the big man. No, okay, no. I, all right then. So, so, so at this point, you know, look at our lineup. At this point, who are going to stop our guys? That's what I want to know. You know, we're, we're talking about us just stopping Trey Young. I mean, who's going to stop, you know, the, you know, offensive firepower we have? I mean, right. Curry can light it up any time. You know, we well, have to last, last night was an aberration. Yeah. Last night was he's, – he's not Steph Curry. He's no. Seth Curry. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Green showed up, and, and it's very sporadic. And, look, when Tobias Harris has an off night and you don't have Embiid, what do you do? You have to manufacture – it's like small ball in baseball, right? You just have to work and work for possessions. You have to get Korkmaz looks. You have to continue to go back to guys who might be struggling in Curry and or Green and just hope it works. Now, Tobias still going to get looks and all, but the problem is now you have a guy in Capella without Embiid who can run unchecked, keep possessions alive, also make it difficult around the rim. Here's the bottom line, though, and, and Barrett's right in this regard. We saw how dangerous – Stars are in the playoffs if you let a bad team hang around. Now, Atlanta's better than Washington night and day, but you let Atlanta hang around. It's a six-point game with two minutes, three minutes, four minutes left. At that point, it doesn't matter what you've done to get there. It just matters what do you do to stop Trey Young. And you're right. Like, we've got a lot of firepower to watch on the Sixers' standpoint, but they've got a guy that is going to be buckets, and that's what you have to match, bucket for bucket. They can do it, but without Embiid, that becomes a problem. All I'm going to say is this. Tobias Harris was an anomaly that he did. He played the way he played uh, on game four. I mean, if you look at his consistency throughout the year, and even throughout these playoffs, he's not going to go in and have 8.6 points a game. He's going to average double digits, you know, probably in the, in, in the mid to high 20s, you know, because that's just been his role, especially with Embiid being out. Now, you look at what they have. Okay. They have, that you was know, there last night for him. No, he would. And what did he got? 28. You know, I just well, feel as though he didn't. With what? No, I'm saying early on there was the opportunity for him to take over the offense. And he didn't have it, to. It, well, yes, he did. They were down. Aton's ang angry because they didn't take the lead in, in the first six minutes and <laughs> <Right>. just blitzed <laughs> the team by 50. He's all yeah, pissed look. off that it took him until the third quarter. <laughs> I got no problem with Ben Simmons. That's my dude. I'm just saying as far as the team itself, like, come on, man. This is a this is the worst team in the playoffs. Washington was the worst team in the playoffs. I beg the difference. with his crap about you need in three quarters. I think Atlanta is the worst team in the playoffs. Oh man! Oh just looking at one guy doing it. One guy. One guy. They got Bogey. They got Bogey. They're gonna start using him more. Uh, so you re you really think you really think that Maxi and, and if you if you if you um Bogdanovich and, and Maxi, who wins that battle? Who wins that battle? Bogdanovich, he has more, he's he's more experience. Oh my god. Bogey wow. is like 20 points in the last two months of the season. Maxi so, so, all right, so this is what we're gonna do. This is what we're gonna do. When this series is over, we're gonna meet right back again, 6 30. 
on you know on on on, on you're the committing night. me for more work this. barrett <laughs> sounds good let's do it absolutely right nobody thinks the sixers are gonna lose this series yeah. it was just a hypothetical without mb right guys right oh yeah yeah well and and, and, and before i let Fuji go here and i got into an argument with my adopted internet sensation son the college sophomore nick lisi about <laughs> Going forward, if Embiid can't go, are you, you continue to play Ben Simmons at center, or are you mixing Dwight Howard in there and let him play down in the box? You got to mix. If it's it up. Atlanta, you got to go Howard. Howard's got to get a lot of minutes. You have I to go, neutralize Capella. Yeah, but the I, only look, thing I don't trust Ben Capella's a leading rebounder. I mean, the guy is legit, and he can make life difficult. I just don't think it's. Honestly, I, my, me personally, I would put more minutes on Howard, and then you're probably going to have to do the unthinkable, and maybe possibly play a little more minutes for Mike Scott. And I hate that that just came out of my mouth, but that's kind of the reality. Look, Simmons at the five works, but not against good centers in my – like you're not going to put him against Gobert. You're not going to put him against Jokic, right? Dwight will, end up, Dwight will end up with five fouls in his first yeah. 14 minutes. <laughs> Make life difficult for Capella. Put him on the ground a couple of times. Well, at the end of the day, we haven't even had to use – George Hill in that type of capacity. We haven't even looked at Farrakhan, you know, Farrakhan. Oh, he loves Farrakhan. I mean, he can light up. Wait a second. Hit us with Shake Milton next. And and Shake is still, you know, he's coming off the – he hasn't even had to go out there and score. We we forget about what Shake did the middle part of this season. When Embiid went out for those 10 games, what did Shake do? In the middle part – in the middle 10 games when, when Embiid was out, who, who took over for most for the most part as far as bringing those extra buckets in? Shake Milton. He has played himself out of that rotation, Barrett. All your love in the world ain't changing that. Oh, my goodness. You know, I mean, a ball George player George knows Hill. a ball player. I'm telling you. I'm Sixth telling you. George Hill was like the chief signing Le'Veon Bell. What a joke. <laughs> <laughs> hey, never got any great. playing time. I forgot where I was at. I'm in Philly. I forgot where I'm at. I'm, I'm in Philly. You know what I'm saying? I forgot. Uh, Barrett, the guy below you is a a ring chaser with the Chiefs. I ain't mad. Oh, yeah, ain't ring chaser. Here we go. Here we go. Get, that, get that 10W40 out of your hair. <laughs> James it every 3,000 miles. <laughs> Guys, let's make a prediction with the three you gentlemen. All right. Six. Okay. How many How many games are the Sixers is it going to take to beat Indiana. Atlanta? I'll say six. Uh, are we assuming it beats out game one? Yeah. 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 He's definitely going to be out in game one. Yeah. I say game two also. No, and that's what I'm thinking. Through. That's why I asked because I think they too win much game indecision. Too much indecision. Well, no, I, I always look at it, Ryan, from a betting standpoint. Like, if I'm going to give you a prediction, <laughs> I also want to bet it too. So I don't want to just half ass it for you. Um, look, I, I would take the Sixers in six right now, winning 4 2. But I wouldn't be surprised if the majority think they win in five. Look, it's not going seven. We know it's not going seven. But without Embiid for two games, which is why I ask about game one, because if he's out one, it's probably going to be out. Good shot will be out two since they'll win game one. I could see them splitting here in Philly, Philly winning two, Atlanta. Like, I could see six. I'll say four, two. Okay. Just, right. just just to keep it fascinating here, Hawks are plus 170 to win the series. Philadelphia 76ers are minus 208, according to uh, that MGM. So, let's get that, that 
Look how low that is. Plus 170? That's ridiculous. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, Joel and beat healthy. What's that number? Oh. 220? Oh, yeah. Easy. 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 Yeah. Easy. And it wouldn't be and it wouldn't be eleven. It, it wouldn't be just two. You know what I'm saying? You know, even with them playing at home, that's disrespectful that they're only gonna win by two points, man. That Look line at is Barrett the tout. Man. I love you know, it. Barrett's out here touting. That's disrespectful, bro. So at this point, you know what I'm saying? They're saying they're, they're actually saying that you know Atlanta's gonna win by one. That's BS, man. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. If I gotta go out there and kick somebody's ass, man, and make them start playing, man, what I be, I'm gonna do it, bro. Yes. Tell Doc yes. Rivers you can be Barry, you can be right next to Doc Rivers, just like uh, what was it, Drake during the Toronto series? Yeah. No question. Right, right here with Doc. Yeah, Rivers. he'll be like, right put in shake, put in shake, and you know, and you well, know, my office, shaking. my office is right next, my Bacon office is right across the way from him too. Stay right across the way. Stick, stick Barrett in security. Next time a fan <laughs> tries to pull his shit off, put Barrett up in the, put up in the right. Start Start throwing some of these bums out. Right. Like, you, like, like you said on the show this morning, Aton, all these crumbs. Yes. <laughs> yes. Get rid Just of these crumbs, crumb bums. Hey. Drag them I out like the bums they are. Yes. Every once in a while, they should just let somebody go up into the stands, an athlete, and just beat the shit out of them. But if if that's the way it's going to go sometimes, guess what? Just let security ease them up to where the fan is, and whatever goes, goes. I'm the, old school, I'm the old school. Something like that would have happened 30 years ago. Guess what would have happened to that fan? They would have had to live in hell, beat the hell out of them. Bro, <laughs> I, I've been across, I've been a part of it before. I mean, I'm playing with the Steelers, man. And a fan, we're playing in we're playing in Cleveland, and a fan ran across the field in Cleveland. And as soon as he ran across, um Harrison picked him up and dumped him like it was a, 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 a you know a WWF move. We're up against the break, right on his head. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, man. Let's go, man. I can't wait. I can't wait. That's the only thing that was good about the cardboard cutouts. You never had any fan incidents. Over, right? <laughs> true. That's definitely so, true. So everything opens up and everybody's going back. Oh, no. Now. Got to. What the hell? Oh, man, that's great. <laughs> that's good. You, you guys want to get uh, the other one going there, Fuji? Uh-oh. Uh, when the series is over, come back and watch him get fired up because it, it won't take him much. Matter of fact, it, it's something – it's the Harry Rosen bell just going off in his head. Well, listen, thank you guys. I know you have to run because you have other things to do tonight, so we do appreciate it. Harry, Aton, and Barrett Brooks, we do appreciate you. Know, Thanks for coming tonight. on, guys. Again, appreciate thank it. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Absolutely. guys. No, anytime, guys, really. This is great. You guys are doing good work, too. And anytime you could fit these many heads, this many heads, this much personality on a screen, it's it's a good thing. So keep it up, fellas. Thank you. Uh, thank you. We appreciate it. See you, guys. So everyone, check out the middle show Monday through Friday from 11 to 1 on YouTube. And again, if you go onto the handle, it's the middle show underscore. Click on the link and you guys go to Spotify, YouTube. And I know I'm missing one else. What was the last one? Spotify, YouTube. YouTube's Google. fine. YouTube. Okay. That's where yeah, it's Yeah, that's happening. a big thing. YouTube's good. No Twitch. No, no, nah, we're uh, YouTube. It's Jacob Media is the YouTube page, oh, okay. so yeah. that's where we have uh, Birds Three Sixty Five. We've got shows on there too, so okay. that's the easiest thing to do is just subscribe to that page, and then you'll know everything. Perfect. Now, Harry, Harry's gonna rip me if I didn't say all that, so I, I wanted to make sure I got it all out there. <laughs> See what I got to deal with, guys, every day. 
See what I got to God do. God bless you. Oh. Wait a second. Wait a second. He's the guy that said the Hawks are the worst team in the playoffs. You right. see what we have to I deal with every by, day? I stand by it, too. Watch what I tell you. Wow. I've heard All you right. guys go back and forth every day. See? It's Get great. it back it's to tough. the Eagles, Barrett. That's right. <laughs> Check your email. Oh, guys. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Later, guys. guys. Peace. Take it easy. See you, guys. Take care. Have a good one. Have a good one. Wow. Wow. That, that was, was great. Explosive. Thanks to again to Harry Mays, Aton Shander, and Barrett Brooks for coming on again. The middle show, you guys check it out. It's a great show. You guys can catch between eleven and one in the afternoon. So I mean, really, if you look at it, they, they got a good lineup in the morning between WIP, between the middle show. Uh, who else am I miss? I mean, you got just a a huge lineup here in Philly. It's not to say just because you know any other city anywhere where anyone resides doesn't have a great lineup, but when it comes to Philadelphia, I mean, you talk about sports in a blue-collared city that you know, I mean, live, eat, breathe, and die, you know, between red, orange, green, and and God knows what at this point, even blue for the union, I mean, you name it, it's you will never find an eclectic group of guys anywhere like what you first just heard just now with the three gentlemen that we just had on. But not only that, I mean, you're, you're talking about Jimmy's show in the morning, you know, from, from 10 to 2. I mean, it's just there's so many people that come on and, and Philly Market Radio is just it's absolutely phenomenal. So uh, the one thing I was going to leave the guys with was just a little bit of some uh, since the Sixers did so well. And I know most people didn't expect for the Sixers to pass the first round, which I don't know why. But this is for you, Neff. Hey, Doc, don't, don't quit school. Where are your glasses at? Oh, I left them downstairs. Damn, how'd you oh. forget that? Oh. Uh, yeah, I, You're the ducky. Ducky, ducky, quack, quack, my man, come on. That's, That's right. right. That's right. We're looking at, when, as we continue to talk a little bit here about the Sixers, Joel Embiid. So I, I just want to know here from the panel, uh, Ryan, you can chime in as well. I know you may not be a humongous Sixers fan, but well, he you loves the Sixers. About, as far as the series itself <laughs> and what was going to end up happening, someone's going to end up getting hurt. Joel Embiid is hurt now. It's, it's expected only maybe one game, two games max. It's going to be day to day. Apparently, it's not like a good day. <laughs> Does and, and Sherman, I'll start off with you. Does Doc Rivers have enough on this team right now to get through the Atlanta Hawks? I think that they do have enough to get by the Atlanta Hawks. Ultimately, the biggest prize is to win the Larry O'Brien trophy for the NBA title. And I think that the biggest hurdle that they're going to have to go over is if they beat the, they Hawks, beat the and Hawks and they win or win the win Nets, Nets Bucks series. I think if they I find a way, find a way the Nets series, whoever they play, then they win the NBA title. I really do, but I don't think that they're going to beat the Nets or the Bucks. Whoever wins that series is going to um, beat the Sixers. I, I think the Sixers Hawks game uh, Hawks series is going to go seven games because of Embiid's health situation. Yeah. If Embiid is healthy, I think it's a completely different situation. I think the Sixers find a way to pull it out with home court in game seven. But unfortunately, 
you know, they're going to run into the Nets and the Bucks barring some sort of major injury. And I think that the winner of that Nets-Bucks series will be the representative in the Eastern Conference for the finals. All right, listen, I, think so too. Barbara, I didn't forget about your comment here. So don't forget the Phillies did great the last game. Uh, yeah, that was an onslaught last night. Thank God, you know, 17 runs will end up taking it. Christina, thank you so much for watching the show. Great show. Thank you so much. Again, hi to Marina as well. Dave, while I'm checking, Dave, I did not forget about the thing you asked me to do. So don't worry. I'll be doing it as soon as this show's over. So uh, let's not forget Dave Wallencheck, and, and I wish I had actually right now. I don't have the logo up. Dave Wallencheck from Redline LLC. He's There's a new show he's starting off on Sunday night from 8 to 9. I'll put the promo as soon as we're done here. Uh, it's about the Pittsburgh Steelers. And good Lord, if, if Dave, you're still up here because the Pittsburgh Renegades, I want to say, I, I know I'm wrong. So, Dave, you're still listening. Uh, let me know. But, uh, again, and Randy, by the way, thank you for also for, for chiming in as well tonight. But listen, Sherman and, and Fuji, same exact way here. So we know Joel Embiid, it, it's unfortunate for the Sixers that it's year after year that we see injuries continue to plague the city of Philadelphia. Like every sports team, for some ungodly reason, that bug does not want to leave. And maybe we need to win another championship for that to happen. I mean, at least, you know, thank God we got a rebellion coach into the Basketball Hall of Fame. But it just, with Joel Embiid, I'm not too worried about Doc Rivers not being able to make the adjustments necessary Basically, for Trey Young, if you really look at it, when it comes to to the Hawks, I mean, you're, there's there's not much. I don't expect for it it to be an easy win. Don't get me wrong. I think the first three games are going to be challenging, uh, more than you know, especially game one, because the Atlanta Hawks are are going to do everything they possibly can. I probably to double up Ben Simmons, even though you really don't have to double up on Ben. But I think Atlanta is going to throw at least everything that they have on game one, so that obviously they can go back, watch the footage, and make the necessary adjustments for game two. Doc Rivers, he's been put in places like this before with the former teams he had coached beforehand. I know he was also getting upset because people keep harping upon, you know, is Ben going to make the threes? What's going on with Ben and his foul shots? You know, what's up with Ben? I know he doesn't want to throw Ben under the bus either, but at the same time, too, as fans, everybody's wondering if Ben is going to show up also for round two. So, Fuji, I'll throw the question to you. Ben Simmons, we know that he can be an all-around player. We've seen it at least the last game exiting out to win the series. Ben's at least he stepped up, obviously, with uh, Seth Curry. So we want to see what's going to happen here in round two. First of all, does Ben step up even more than what he just did, knowing that Joel Embiid's going to be out? And do the Sixers take game one? Well, not only Ben, everybody's going to have to step up. Like you had six guys in double figures last night. Danny Green, Seth Curry, you know, Tyrese Maxey has been stepping up the last couple games. Like, Doc's going to need his bench to step up without Embiid. You know, Dwight Howard's, you know, he's going to have to, even though he's older, he's going to have to play some longer minutes and stuff. And Tobias Harris, I mean, everybody's going to have, it's a team effort. You know, everybody's going to have to bring their A-plus game and step up and take a land at a school. That's just my opinion. It's a team effort, so... You know, Doc Doc has these guys a lot better than, uh, you know, the last couple years. I mean, he's a real coach. He's a proven winner. And, you know, he's got it. You know, he's embedded this philosophy into these guys. So until JoJo comes back, hey, everybody needs to step up to the plate and bring their A game. Right. You're not wrong. Well, look, I want to chime in a little bit here. Um, I think the Sixers – Will win. I think. I think that their their front, or at least their starters, are a little bit more talented in Atlanta, and they have a little bit more experience, which Atlanta doesn't have. But 
I also think this is a great matchup for Philly because, right, you have Trey Young, but you all, the Sixers have two incredible all-first-team like defenders in Simmons and Thibault to throw at Trey Young nonstop. You know, like Trey Young is going to be guarded by Thibault or Simmons, I think, the entire time. And then you know, um, the Sixers—they've got a little bit of. Uh, I think I think the shooting is what's going to kill him because if you play Howard and Simmons at the same time, you just you you can't do that. I think uh, NBA nowadays you have to have at least four shooters on the floor for the spacing. Um, but I think Sixers in, in six or Sixers in seven would be uh, a, a situation where I could see it happening. I think Embiid probably won't play the rest of the playoffs. I'm I'm not reporting that, but I, I mean Embiid's got a tear in his meniscus. Like that's a hard that's a hard injury to come back from. But um, I'm super excited for this series. I think uh, I think Trey Young is going to keep doing Trey Young things and and keep dancing on his haters and having a great time. But uh, overall, I think this will be a really good series, and I think it'll it'll go you know further than hopefully four or five games. I'm shocked that's coming from a Nets fan. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Nets Bucks will be a way more interesting series. Don't get me wrong, because the talent there's just more talent on the floor. But I mean that Sixers Hawks series without Embiid is going to be a fascinating one to watch. Well, no, most definitely will. Not too sure if anybody out there can, uh, that's listening to the show here live. If, if you're hearing an echo, let us know. Uh, my producer was just telling me that you can hear an echo. So I don't know, Nick, if it's coming from you or not, but apparently there's an echo that's coming in somewhat particularly bad, but she said it did clear up. So if anyone's listening right now, uh, let us know in, in the comments there. So Neff, um, as we're talking about the Sixers here, uh, Ducky was letting us know that the Sixers are going to win in five. Uh, from what he was telling us, and and why do I have now a double Ryan? Six. Yes. Let me let me get off my phone because it's not going to last. So right. peace out. I'm going to. Peace. I uh, I was really excited to hear his um, Dwight Howard Ben Simmons lineup on the block, post up 20, 30 times a game like we're back in nineteen eighty five. But uh, we'll see. It. We'll see you in a second. We'll see you in a second. You wish you remembered that team in nineteen eighty five. Yeah, Doc no. Moses, Barkley, Mo Cheeks. Last time they uh, swept the team, right, in the playoffs was the 1985 Philadelphia 76ers. So. Yes, sir. All right, well, so listen, it's probably the most exciting that we've seen Philly there in a while. Go. And I know, especially now that the fans are able to come back. Um, what is it, June 11th, I believe, back in Philly when everything goes back to 100% as far as the stadiums? It's supposed wow. to be 100% last night at the Wells Fargo. I think they moved it up. Did they? Oh yeah, no, I, I yeah, because so. originally you're right. Because originally Leaved it up, moved it up yesterday. So we'll see it. What tomorrow? Tomorrow night? Sun Sunday. Sunday. <laughs> Sunday one o'clock. Right. So for for those, and it goes just to show you how many freaking the days of the week here that goes on rotation for me to remember who's on what and and the different days. But it, it's good to see once again that obviously the fans being back out there, and and it does make a difference if, if anyone's following, especially between the NBA. And the NHL playoffs, it is a humongous difference. And, and people can say whatever they want to. When you have the fans back in the stands, there is nothing like it, especially if your team is down. I mean, you look at Montreal, switching over to NHL here real quick before we go back. But you look at Montreal, three games to one series down, comes back to win four to three, and then turns right around and wins it again last night. So the fans make a humongous difference. Just like on shows anywhere else, if you don't have the fans, it's kind of tough to do it. I know they had to do it in the bubble. You know, there was crowd noise pumped in, all the good fun stuff. But there's nothing like having the fans in the stands. And I'm just hoping that now that it's back to 100% capacity, the Wells fills to that 100%. Even though I know the tickets are expensive, but I'm hoping that the Wells will be completely filled. So 
Ryan, looking into the Atlanta Sixers series, what say you when it comes to the Sixers and possibly, and, and I know we just talked about it with Barry Brooks and Harry Mays and Aton Chandler, but how do you feel as far as the, six, the Sixers looking in going into round two and let's just say hypothetically without Joel Embiid? If without Joel Embiid? Yeah. The, it goes, I'm going to be one of those who say it goes seven. Um, if Embiid comes back, five or six. But like Fuji and I were talking about yesterday, meniscus tears, whether they're minor or major, they're nothing to play with. So you can best believe they're going to bring him back really slow. And it's not something that heals really quick. Now, they might say he's out tonight. I'd be hard or whenever they play the Hawks, whenever the first game is. Um, I would be hard pressed to say he plays the first two games. I, they'll probably reevaluate him going into game three. But if he's out the whole series, and I know what everybody's saying that, you know, Simmons will still be Simmons and Harris will still be Harris. You're not going to get that out of Curry and Maxi all the time. You're just, you're just not. Um, if Embiid doesn't come back for this series, don't be too surprised if the Hawks win it in seven. I know I'm going to get lambasted by all the Sixers <laughs> fans, but Joel Embiid is the major – he is the main piston in the engine. Your main piston's gone now. Now you're running on seven cylinders instead of eight, and that eighth one's the main cylinder. So we'll, we'll just have to see what happens. If, if the Hawks steal the first game, look out. If you're an organization like the Sixers, do you risk – bringing Embiid back too early and furthering his damage to his knee at this point with the opportunity to potentially win a championship this year? Or do you just put him on the shelf and see what happens? I don't, I don't think so. That's... To me and, and Puja, you know, we can both chime in here at the same time, but I, I think to me, if, if I'm the Sixers organization and unless, unless I have a really strong belief and a really strong push that Joel can do it, I would do everything I possibly can to get through the next series without Joel. And if it looks like, if he feels, and, and we know that players are going to go in there, they're going to say there's nothing wrong, they can play, so on and so forth. But to me, it's one of those things that I believe if Joel feels that he can come in for the next series and he feels fine, then let the man play. I don't know if you'll put him in you know, as many minutes he's been playing throughout the season and during the playoffs minus the injury. But to me, I, I think if, if you can make it past the Hawks, then depending who you have in the next round, again, this is, you know, just a foregone conclusion here, but depending who you have for the next round to me, yeah, you bring Joel Embiid back, but if you can find that formula to beat the Hawks and, and let's just say, I don't know, four games to two, let's say it goes, you know, go six games, four games to two, you're able to do it. Maybe then you'll be able to do it again on the next round. So I don't know. Good question here, Sherman. It is a great question because that's the conversation we did have with I had with Ryan last night. I mean, God forbid, do you really want to damage Joe's knee? Like that tear could get worse. God forbid, going you know for years to come for his career, and you know it's a catch twenty two. I mean, do you want to win now? Or, and if Joe's unhealthy, then you may want to think about next year. I mean. Who the hell knows where this team will – you don't know where this team's going to be. You don't and, know how far they will go without Joe. And wasn't it, just, it 
Wasn't this the classic situation with the Washington Nationals when they shut shut down Steven Strasburg because of the fact that they assumed that the Nationals were going to be competitive for like years to come and the Nationals didn't snip the playoffs for like a hot minute until they finally won the World Series a couple of years ago. But still, you know, here in Philadelphia, when the Nationals decided to shut down Steven Strasburg because of the fact that, you know, he had some arm soreness or whatever his situation was. He was getting torched in Philadelphia. Like, how can you shut him down? You know, you never know how long that window of opportunity oh. is going to be open for a team in professional sports. And here's the window for the Philadelphia 76ers right now. And, you know, Embiid has to be part of that conversation. I hope he has a lot of insurance because if the Sixers decide that we're going to try to push to try to win the championship this year for the 2020-2021 series and he further damages himself that he's not the same Embiid next year, that could be a huge problem. Let's take it back yeah. to the 2004 Eagles when T.O. broke his leg. Everybody basically was writing the season off. Um, you know, had the operation, came back within like four to five weeks with the rod in his leg, and he should have been the MVP of the Super Bowl if the Eagles won, just like the 2017 Eagles. Carson Wentz goes down, Nick Foles steps right in, and everybody stepped up, and guess what? They won the Super Bowl, but different sport, but it's all about heart and fire. You can make, you can have all the talent in the world. And, you know, these guys need, you know, the general's been shot. It's time to rally the troops, fire everybody up, get everybody. It's a team sport. You don't have your big gun. You got to go out and win how you can. It don't matter. Doc, like I said, Doc embedded this mentally into these guys. So that's how it's a team effort. Everybody's going to have to step up and go for dinner and kick some ass and take names later. If the Sixers can somehow build a 3-1 series lead without Embiid, I say you shelve Embiid for the rest of the series, unless the Hawks come back and tie it, let's say 3-3. If it's 3-3, you, you have a game at home, then you fire up the big fella and say, give us all you can this particular game so we can get to the next round. But I, even if they can build a 2-0 lead, get through the next two games. If you go up 2-0 at home and you're going to Atlanta with that 2-0 lead, game three, I still say you keep him beat down. This is the kind of injury, and I'm telling you, it's nothing to mess with. Because if he no, does come not. back too early, if he does come back too early to try to prove himself to – to have one of those Willis Reed kind of moments, you know, throughout the NBA playoffs, Nick, you don't have any, you, you can look it up. You, you're the young buck. <laughs> look Willis Reed up. Google it. But look it up, Junior. I, I know Willis Reed. Okay. Ah, Willis Reed, Joel Embiid, Sam Sneed, check out your feed. This is what we need. We want the Sixers to win the NBA <laughs> well, championship. Get out there. And well, do. you don't, you, this you, is, you, the, you don't, you don't want a Kevin Durant situation or a Curry situation a couple of years ago where they brought those guys back too quick. And look what happened. You've got to – he's the franchise. I know people hate that word. They don't use it anymore. It doesn't get floated around a lot. Embiid is the cornerstone of this basketball team for the next five, six, seven, eight years. If you mess with what's going on in that knee and you bring him way back too, too quickly, you're asking for trouble. You really are. Well, this is, well, this is why they brought Dwight Howard in. I mean – the guy's a champion. He's got experience. Just gets in a lot of foul trouble sometimes. But 
He needs to step up his game. He's been there. He's got the rock, so he knows what it takes to win. And to your point, Fuge, there's a reason why you have depth on the bench. Exactly. Now's the time to bring, now's the time to bring everybody out. Everybody knows what their role is going to be going forward. You've got to, you've got, just the playoffs, man. Oh. You've, got to, you've got to empty the shelves because there's no All or nothing. Use that's why I shelves. said. Do what you that's have why, to do. That's why I said, General's been shot. It's time to rally the troops. Everybody, these guys are veterans. Besides a couple like Maxie and a couple other guys. I mean, they've been there. Like, yeah, they know Maxie, what it, Maxie they know what it takes in. to win. Maxie might have came in as a rookie, but he's definitely not coming out of this season as a rookie. He's definitely, you know, earning. No, he stepped he's up earning. his game big time. Absolutely. It was Kentucky guards who just built differently. Just ask Devin Booker. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. You know, listen, I, I hope, I, I, Lord, I hope that the Sixers <laughs> move on. And more than anything else, I hope that we play the Nets. Just so we can send Ducky packing. I already told him I'm going to put him to sleep. I'm going to give him a and a pacifier and everything else. So we'll see. We will see. Because I know he, he's he's crazy hard up on his Brooklyn Nets, but it, it's okay. It, it's all right. But Brooklyn, and listen, and, and switching over to New York, and, and of course I'm I'm teasing Ducky mm-hmm. here, but what in the world? So the Knicks fans, what in the world do they think that the Knicks were actually going to win a series? And then they act like they've been like Going back to their playoffs after being there, I don't know. I think as long as VCR tapes was around, I think I believe that's the last time the Knicks. Twenty thirteen. That's not too long ago. Twenty fifteen. Twenty thirteen. Twenty third. Listen, that's eons ago. Okay, think mm. about it. it I was alive. I was alive. It's many years ago. <laughs> many many years ago. But I, it cracks me up how the Knicks fans. They just thought like, oh, like they've been there, they've done that, and they're going to advance to the next round. I'm not taking anything away from what the Knicks did because I personally, I didn't think the Knicks were actually going to go as far as they did this year. So, you know, I applaud the Knicks fans if, if there's, you know, people out there from New York listening. But I'm, I'm quite sure Knicks come next year, they may be a legitimate, you know, a legitimate team come next year. And Ducky, if I were the Brooklyn Nets, you know, I wouldn't guarantee myself with your powerhouse three there because I also don't believe that Harden hangs around because you're talking about three individuals that two out of the three can barely get along. You're talking about a three-headed monster that's going to be there. Uh, I, if anything, if I was James Harden, I might end up going over to Manhattan and playing with the uh, New York Knicks. But I, he I don't can't. He can't do that. He can't. He's under contract for two more years. He can't. He can't do that. And he he can't. He couldn't. Shouldn't win it in Houston, didn't he? Where's he? Yeah. Going? Well, he asked out. I, I mean, this is the this is a great big three right here. They're all loving each other and. Uh, for now. Uh, if, if anything, Kyrie is going to be the one that doesn't hold up because he's the third option. But, uh, I mean, you know, it is what it is. I, I actually was curious what your guys' thoughts were on Coach K announcing his retirement. I mean, that's a huge deal. I knew that, I knew that was going to come up, sir. I knew it was going to come up. Yeah. Later. Sure, ask, you're, you're a lifelong Duke fan. Like, what are your ask, thoughts? Ask the puke fan. Yeah, I mean, Coach K has been an icon of college basketball for years. Uh, maybe he's getting ready for <laughs> – his hair to just naturally turn gray. I mean, it's amazing that, you know, that, that hair has stayed, <laughs> has stayed the color that it has stayed for all of these oh, years. Man. Uh, you know, ACC basketball has been fantastic for so long. <laughs> I know that the Duke Blue Devils had a bad season last year in the COVID-shortened season, but there was a tournament, and the Duke Blue Devils were not in the tournament. 
they had a chance. They won a couple games in the ACC tournament, but, you know, ultimately did not advance into the big dance of 64, 68, or however many teams were in there. But good for him. He's had a successful career at Duke. Uh, I guess it's just a sign of the times that, you know, some of the big coaches in college basketball are leaving. Well, Roy Williams is no longer coaching. Now it's Coach K's turn to leave. Bobby Knight is no longer coaching, right? So, uh, so who, who knows who's who's going to be next? Uh, it'll definitely be a major farewell tour for Coach K wherever he goes and well-received. I don't think that he's somebody who's trying to steal the limelight for any reason whatsoever. He just decided that, hey, this is going to be my last year and I'm announcing it now. So if he gets a little bit of fanfare at Wake Forest, UNC, or any of those other places where he's playing, you know, so be it. But kudos to him for a successful career. Yeah, successful is an understatement. <laughs> as far as for me, Coach K, I can get me from Coach uh, K. And it's, you know, it's upsetting to me. I, I think it's one of those things that, yeah, it, it's – we saw Roy Williams leave. Um, and, and I want to get to also the Boston controversy, at least that's what it, that seems like to me. But to me, it's one of those things that Coach K, yes, you know, he, I know I heard like earlier today on Sean Salisbury, he talked about that, you know, should it have, and, and I believe Andy Kalu talked about it on the, on the, on the show that followed, that should, should have Coach K waited until the season was over and then announced his retirement. Now, you know, everybody does it completely differently. I don't think he did it personally for – you know, I want all the gifts and awards and everything else, you know, whatever, you know, stadium that I go to, everybody's going to tell me thank you because no matter what, he's going to get it anyways. Um, but to me, it, it, he'll be well missed. I, I And interesting to see who's going to be picked up as the, the coach to be for uh, for Coach K. They, they already announced it. Yeah. Let me find his name. Yeah, my prediction is that, is that it was going to be Grant Hill, but it's not. I think it's supposed to be John Shire. John Shire. That's right. I mean, imagine that guy. That guy got inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame before I was born, and then he had a great career after I was born. Like that. I mean, that's that's nuts. That's that's absolutely ridiculous that a guy, you know, can be around that long and it just. I don't know. It's crazy. But uh, yeah, let's let's move on to Boston because I feel like that one did not hit the headlights uh, hard enough. Or who are you guys' thoughts on Ainge stepping down the day after the season ending? Was it a surprise or no? Oh, Nath, you're a Celtics fan. Nath, you're a Celtics fan. What were your thoughts? I know. That's, that's, I see you smiling up there. Um, look, Danny, Danny Ainge should have been gone a long time ago, flat out period. He, he's done some great things for the organization. Don't get me wrong, but the time has passed him by. I don't think the players relate to Brad Stevens anymore, and I think Brad Stevens is a hell of a coach. Now, for Brad Stevens – to be bumped up to the general manager in the front office, that pisses me off because the guy has absolutely no experience whatsoever. Right. I'm sure there's a hell of a lot more qualified candidates. And look, this is the reason why my Boston Celtics only have one title since 1986 because they always mm. seem to blow it. They got screwed in the draft in 1997 when they could have had the number one pick, but the lottery screwed them. They could have had Tim Duncan with the number one pick. It's mind-blowing to me, had they gotten Tim Duncan, where that organization would be now. Everybody, Nick, you can't go yeah. back this far, but uh, Reggie Lewis, you know, the kid from Northeastern, he had sort of a left bias kind of heart condition. Land bias. He got, well, it wasn't land bias. I think it was it was Re Reggie. Was, was it Reggie Lewis? Yeah, yeah he had the heart attack on the court. Exactly. 
they just seem to have all that Irish luck that they had for decades and decades. It's just like the last three decades, they just don't seem to have any luck. And they had a great season in the bubble last year. Don't get me wrong. And everybody expected great things after that bubble season that they had. And it just did not pan out. Now, it'll be interesting to see what kind of Brad Steven move the moves that he makes because he's going to be on the hot spot right away. They don't have a true center. I think that's what's been killing them. They don't have an Embiid. They don't have a Jokic. Um, they don't have a Nurkic and a Cantor. So it'll be interesting. To, and, and Brad Stevens is, is throwing, and he's already come out with big statements. We, we win the 18th title or we're going to die trying. It's, it's, it's a lot to say when you're a Celtics fan and you're listening to this based mm. on what the history is. If you don't produce another championship real quick after that kind of statement, your ass is going to be out in the street. So, I mean, as a Celtics fan, I hope he does great mm. things. I, I, to be honest with you, I just don't think it, it's going to pan out because he's going to find out real quick. My old teams, my boss, <laughs> grandfather. That's a good reason. Uh, what do you think the Celtics should do? What do you think Steven should do? He's got, he's, he's in a sticky situation. Kemba Walker's making. Thirty-seven million for the next two years, and uh, I think right now the only option they really have is—I mean—they're going to try to trade him, but they want to trade smart too. Like, as a like as a Celtics organization, what do you like? What do you do? They're kind of trapped. They need to bring in a good, viable center, a space eater, somebody that can fit. Hey, Tatum's fantastic. Tatum is fantastic. Right. He is—he is, he is going to be a superstar. Yeah, Marcus Smart. You know, all the other guys. They just don't have a true big. They need a true big. That'll that'll help the other guys out. But when you feel like you have to do it all and you have to protect the rim and defend and score, they just they just you know Denver has Nurkic. Or I mean, they have a uh, the Joker. Jokic. You know, and you just look around the league. That Sixers have Embiid. That's what they've been lacking for years and years and years. You know, the, the, when they won the title back in 2008, Garnett played like a center. Garnett was like 6'11". He was lanky. He could defend He could defend the rim. You know, so it was different. But they also, you know, they had Paul Pierce. And the Kendrick Perkins. So it was a little bit different story. And then the following year, was it the following year they went, they played back-to-back? Where I think they won, they missed, and then they came back and they played the Lakers again when Kobe got over the hump again to win a championship, but you, you, you can't keep relying on that. And Kevin Garnett, as far as I'm concerned, is the closest taco, taco fall. I mean, the guy's like seven, four. He looks like, he looks like the hands at 12 o'clock and six o'clock. That's how skinny he is. You know? So, I mean, he's like seven foot three, seven foot four. He probably weighs like a buck 85 or whatever. He's 300 pounds. He's over 300 pounds. Is that what it says? They don't. Yeah, he's over three hundred. They, they don't. All right. So, but when you see him, he looks. Yeah, really I mean that's what happens. But. That's kind of shocking to me that, that it says he's over. That's what it says, though, right mm-hmm. on the program. Wait, that's what it says. Let me get, let me get you an official yeah, number. Three hundred pounds. He's three hundred. He's three hundred eleven pounds. He's three hundred eleven pounds. Well, for for those, but they, they, they barely they barely, they barely use him. They barely use him. Yeah, because he can't move. He, he can't. He can't move. Like he's got a guard. They put him in a pick and roll, and he can't guard. Manupo, Manupo, hmm. seven, six. The guy couldn't move. 
He just stood there in front of the basket. Go ahead, try and shoot it. Well, well that was well, 25 years. That was over 30 years ago, man. They can't use him. They need they need someone who can shoot at center. That is, they do need a center. They need a big, but they they don't need a, a canner who's gonna sit in the paint and do nothing. They need a guy who can shoot. That's why. Brad Stevens was so mad at Danny Ainge he didn't trade for Miles Turner because that's what they need. They need a guy who's seven foot, can shoot, and can protect the rim. That's what they need. They don't, they don't need some guy who's going to clog the paint and take 35 possessions in the post. Hey, Nick, I, you're, you're talking old school. I would, and, you know, Sherman, Fuji, and Angel could attest to this. I'll tell you what. I would rather have a big that's seven feet tall that scored four points a game, but – swatted eight shots a game away from the basket and grabbed 18, 17 rebounds a game. All right, go out and score your two buckets. As long as you can swat the ball away from the basket, you grab me 15, 16, 17 rebounds a game, I'll take it. Because the Celtics don't have it. They, need, they, they didn't need that. But they need someone who can shoot at that spot too because I think we've learned that they need someone who can shoot. Who do you hire as the next coach though? They don't have a coach? Center, what, what do you think coach-wise? The center is... The center is a lost art, though. There's not a whole lot of true bigs anymore that can play like that because they're not asked to. Who would I hire as coach? I don't know. But I'll tell you what, I've said for years, and I know the man will not do it because of the experience he had with the Pacers. I think Larry Bird would be a hell of a GM for the Boston Celtics. Mm. Maybe not a coach, but I think he would put them back on the map. He knows the culture. He's a legend. He's an icon. But he won't do it because – he does not want to tarnish his legacy in Boston. So just like Phil, hey, Phil Jackson, he was on the championship teams with the Knicks. He comes back in, 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 in the front office or whatnot. The fans hated his ass. They got him to Rick Patino. They could hmm. what's that? Said Rick Patino. Call him no, up. No, 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 no. He's at plus four thousand to be the next Celtics head coach. He was he was already coach of Boston. He's not going to coach the Celtics. Me, I would go after Nate McMillan. He relates to the players. He's a hell of a coach. He knows his crap when it comes to basketball. And I would like to see – I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I would really like for them to have him on the bullseye for the next coach. That's who I would go after first. And then I, I really – I don't know who you go after after that. I would target it on him. Do what you have to do to bring him in. I think he'll be a yeah. successful coach. And he can relate to Brad Stevens. Look, this is what it's going to take. This is what we need for my system. And, you know, take it from there. But that that's who I would go after personally. Yeah. Nope. That, we had a couple of minutes left here, so I want to bring up one is Sean Hintz. I, I saw him come back here uh, momentarily. says, shout out to Mike Estabrook. If I said the name correctly, he's my elderly uncle, diehard Birds fan. Uh, and I just did it there, Sean. So once again, I'll say it again there for Mike Estabrook, uh, on the show and I'll have Mike Estabrook on the show when you can, you'll mean the world to him. Sure. Just, uh, let me know, Sean, I, I uh, we'll put it together there. And by the way, as, as Sean came together here, I will say just for, uh, again, for his uncle, Mike Estabrook, this one is just here for you. You're welcome. <laughs> just because he was just on there, I want to shout out two things because I do want to bring up uh, one of two things. First is the Northwest Bird Gang, which those guys belong to out there, Sean and his group out there. So if you guys are on the West Coast or the left coast, as I like to talk about it, 
reach out to the Northwest Bird Gang. Become an official member of their group over there. Fantastic group. I joined not too long ago. So, and I, as I mentioned to Sean before, that I was sending him a shot. I did from a previous show, and I'm doing it again. So, Sean, thanks for coming back. Uh, and and tell your uncle, thank you so much as, as well for uh, for tuning in. I want to get to, as we're talking about here, when it came to who's going to be the next one, and for those who did not get to hear this rant from Danny Ainge, I mean, excuse me, from, from Danny Ainge, from Stephen A. Smith, <laughs> this is uh, quite something. So here's uh, Stephen A. Smith. Once again, full disclosure, YouTube, I do not own this clip, and it belongs to public domain. As you can see, it comes from you guys. This is public domain footage of Stephen A. Smith walking off the set. Long enough career as an executive, and he, if he ends up landing someplace else, I'd applaud it because he deserves it because he has a resume that speaks to that. I wish not throw no shade on Danny Ainge. I do think that he should have went after Anthony Davis a bit harder. But then again, with Anthony Davis uh, per perpetually injured, we understand why he may have been reluctant to do so. As it pertains to this, here's what I want to do. You know, again, when we talk about Steve Nash, we talk about Tim Tebow, we talk about, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, Brad Stevens and stuff like that. I want to call out the NBA players. You got something to say about everything else? Where you at? We got one, uh, you know, you got some people out there that saying Raphael Stone ain't making the final call, even though Petita and the Houston Rockets swear that he is. Okay, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. You got Masai Ujiri in Canada. You got Raphael Stone in Houston after everybody's departed, and he basically has no team. Dane African-Americans that have been toiling through the terrain and trying to become executives in the National Basketball Association. Last time I checked, that's the case. We see coaches on the sideline. They don't want to become head coaches. They've been assistants for years. You got a guy like Phil Handy in Los Angeles that's been an assistant everywhere he's going to get championships. Cleveland, Toronto, and L.A. Okay, and it wasn't just LeBron. It was Kawhi, too. There's a plethora of guys. You got Sam Cassell. He's going to be a hell of a coach one day in the NBA if he gets that opportunity. Chauncey Billups. Everybody was talking about he had an opportunity to get uh, an executive position. And then suddenly it dwindled. But Steve Nash, who we love and respect, great dude, got a black agent, one of the great ones, Mr. Bill Duffy. But Steve Nash never coached on any level. And not only does he get the job, he gets the job with the full support of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, who, by the way, never insisted that a black candidate be interviewed and put forth, put, be put front and center so we'll know who that individual is. We got Brad Stevens here. It's Boston. Tatum's just star. Jalen Brown just star. We understand what role that they play, particularly Jalen Brown, in social justice issues. We're supposed to be woke. We're supposed to understand that that knee on George Floyd's neck wasn't just about violence and police brutality. It was also the figurative semblance that it provided, where you're feeling like constantly people have their knee on your neck since the time you come out of the womb. We've been talking about all of this stuff, and people are willing to say, oh, Stephen A's bringing up race. Oh, Stephen A's bringing up George Floyd and equating that to Tebow. No, I'm not. What I'm saying is, from a figurative perspective, what we witnessed and what got the nation up and, uh, and you know, it just, just, just inspired was because what we saw was symptomatic and emblematic of how we feel as a people consistently being marginalized, consistently being minimized, consistently being underappreciated, undervalued. And in a world of sports where you got dudes with guaranteed contracts making money that would secure their generations, generations of family. 
you got folks hesitant to speak up. You got players, mm -hmm. NBA players are some of the most powerful people in this world. When have they spoken up for black coaches? When? When have they spoken up for black executives, GMs, president of basketball operations? When has that happened? LeBron, all of them, everybody. Where the hell have they been? Nobody's done anything. And then when we, we the media, we bring it up. And you got white folks out here going to sit up there and look at Stephen A and say, oh, here he is bringing up race. And none of the black players speak up and say, yo, he got a point. Yo, he's right. Yo, there's something that needs to be done here. Do y'all want me to bring up the Rooney rule and how it might be needed in basketball? Oh, I forgot. I can't do that. Why? Because the Rooney rule ain't even working in the damn NFL. So when are we going to say something about it? I mean, you know what? I'm going to walk away. I'll be right back because I'm scared I'm going to say something that might get me in trouble because I'm pissed. I'm pissed. So, and again, I understand, you know, we know there's been all kinds of things going on here. And, and I understand like Stephen A. Smith, where he's trying to come from as far as, and he's not bringing it as far as the race issue into it. And by the way, as far as when it comes to race, there's one race is human race is different ethnicities that let me get that one off my chest here real quick. But to me, it's one of those things that, yes, you know, do I, is it, you know, did Boston decide to go out there and look and see who was available or did we just decide to go with, okay, so we're going to move up Brad Stevens uh, up into the president of basketball operations. And we're not going to give anyone else a fair shot. And, and, and I'm talking about, you know, whether you're white, black, Indian, Hispanic, no matter what, did they bother to go out and say, Hey, by the way, who do we want to reach out to? What, you know, whichever potential candidate. And, and again, I understand Stephen when it comes to saying, okay, so who do we replace now Brad Stevens with? So his rant may have to, some people may have rubbed it the wrong way, but if you listen to it like over and over again, you understand what Stephen A was talking about. And that's why he walked away from the set. Cause I'm pretty sure like everyone else, when you're caught up in the heat in the moment, you want to make sure you don't lose your cool too much. So I understand. And I get where Stephen A is getting where he's coming from. But again, we've seen this in many major league sports where somebody steps down, someone walks away, the right candidate isn't in there. And I will bring up someone that we just saw walk away from the Eagles. Deucey. Right? He's gone. He went to Detroit. Because if you look at it, the Eagles didn't even give him a shot. It was like, hey, you know, thanks for your service. Thanks for everything you've done. But you know what? Yeah. Okay, you want to go to Detroit? Go ahead. And I'm not taking anything away from Nick Sirianni, don't get me wrong. But who was to say that Deuce Staley couldn't have been the next head coach for the Eagles and where he could have taken us? No one knows. I guess we'll never know, but we'll see in Detroit. Or if another team comes to call in the following year, Deuce will be a head coach somewhere. Where, we don't know. But this is kind of like where Stephen A. was getting to. If you're going to put the right people in position, make sure you go through a thorough candidate search. Make sure you put the right people in the place. And I won't go off my soapbox for something that's going on with this government right now because guess what? There's people that shouldn't be where they are, but it's okay because there is another day. But and that's all I'm gonna say about on that behalf. But if as far as when it comes to Stephen A. Smith, yeah, he's he's 100 correct. If you're gonna if all these players every single time say they want to voice their opinion, then when do they voice their opinion when something like this goes down? And again, I'm not taking anything away from Danny Ainge, not taking anything away from Brad Stevens, but it comes a point of accountability. Why was it not available to the mass public? Because we've been to jobs before, and everyone knows it as a blue-collar town in Philadelphia. When you think you have the 
know-it-all, I guess to say it, to be able to move up to another position, what do they do? They look outside the company and bring somebody in. But yet you were the one that was groomed to get that position. So if the Celtics are going to do right, they should have did it right from the very beginning. So with Stephen A. Smith, yeah, they, you know, did he have reasons for it? Yeah, he did. And that's where I leave it at that. Oh, definitely legitimate reasons. Just like the Art Rooney rule is kind of just like a joke. I mean, how many guys have – how many African-American coaches got passed over on jobs? I mean, I'll say I'll 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 say this. Stop coming up with your damn rules, because it doesn't do a damn thing. You know, right. if if, and you know what, I'm I'm so sick and tired of talking about it. And I'm glad Stephen A. said what he said because don't come with an, don't come up with an Art Rooney rule, because you always hear about teams they say they do their their due process, and you're always hearing stories about this guy wasn't interviewed or that guy wasn't interviewed. You know, and then years later you hear about guys talk about stories of like why they really didn't get the job and stuff like that. It's, it's all, it's, it, it's all window masking, you know, the art Rooney rule, big freaking deal. What has it done to solve the problem? What has it done to improve the issue going forward? Nothing. 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 I'll tell you, damn, I'll tell you this damn straight up. I, I was talking to a couple of Eagles fans when they were doing their coaching search. And I, the first person that came out of my mouth was, Deuce Staley knows the city. He knows the culture. He knows what it takes. He knows yeah. how to handle the media. He knows how to handle the fans. He knows how to handle the players. And you know the reason why he left? He knew he wasn't going to get the damn job. And he right. had had no. enough because he had given to the organization. He had given to the city. He knew what it took. And guess what? All in the end, he didn't get a fair shake. He didn't get a fair opportunity, and he would have been the best number one candidate for that Philadelphia Eagles job. The players loved him, and it's not the first time Deuce got passed over for the job. No, and, and it, listen, it, it's a shame, and it's not gonna, it's not gonna end there because I mean, you look at and and we talked about this if I remember correctly again with Sean Salisbury was that when it came to Tony Dungy, I mean, you look what he did for the Bucks, and then almost did not get an opportunity, but Indianapolis decided to say, you know what, we're gonna take the chance on Tony Dungy, and it. For me personally, I would say thank God that he was able to win it. And I know Sean talked about it. You know, a, a Super Bowl shouldn't define who you are as a person, as a man. Um, but it's one of those things to me is I'm glad that Tony Junji was able to do so. You know, and and listen, we, we know that there's things that need to change. We understand it. We get it. And and when it when it comes to positions for certain teams, to me, I'm always going to believe her of if you are more than eligible and more than qualified, to be able to, whether it's to lead a team, lead a company, whatever the case may be, put the right people in the place. Just don't pick and choose who you want because you figure, okay, well, you know what? I owe them one or something else or, you know, whatever. Or I got some dirt on them and because I got dirt on them, now I'm going to keep them in the position where he is right now because it's not fair. It's not even fair to the Boston folks that are out there because who's to say, again, as, you know, Ryan talked about it, who knows if, if Brad Stevens does a good job or not. I guess the fans will find out come the ABA draft next year. They'll find out what's going on or any upcoming trades. But now it's who wants to go to Boston and coach that team, especially after what Stephen A. said. So uh, it's just it's interesting. And I want to get to some Phillies talk here before uh, we end it, because Sherman, I know you're chomping at the bit when it comes to the Philly stuff. <laughs> but uh, I will say, thank God the Phillies were able to at least to bounce back, if not for one game last night. Uh, we know the injuries are plaguing this team as well. 
We know that for some ungodly reason, we cannot get our pitching staff to where it needs to be. And I know last year it hurt a lot because the guys who were down there, you know, at AAA, the AA, you know, down here with the Clearwater Threshers, I mean, they didn't get to show their stuff and showcase what they, you know, as far as what they have. We're halfway almost into the season at this point. And, and there's no one really truthfully down in Clearwater that I would say right now to bring up even to the double-A league. I mean, right now you're talking about it's it, it's been – they're a low affiliate, so it's not even single-A baseball. So right now there's there's not – I can't recommend a pitcher that they can, you can shoot up to the farm, up to double-A. So Bryce Harper, I, I know he's injured. I know, you know, it, it's something that's been plaguing him. <clears throat> Andrew McCutcheon, it, the production is down. I mean, Sherman it, – it, we know that they got a, a, at least one game win under his belt. Are, are the Phillies capable of making at least a halfway decent run in the month of June going into July before, before the All-Star break? I'm going to say yes to that question because at the end of the day, pitching is what's going to keep teams competitive. You have Zach Wheeler right now who's arguably the second best pitcher in the National League outside of Jacob deGrom. He's kind of in a league of his own. You have Aaron Nolan. Even though I don't think Aaron Nola is – ace status he is still a quality pitcher in the national league you have zach eflin outside of his last start where he got roughed up a little bit zach eflin has been very strong all season and vince velasquez i know that he got roughed up in his last start in cincinnati but before that he had four quality starts in a row as well if you have a team that has quality starting pitchers like the philadelphia phillies have right now then yes i do think that they can make a bit of a run to stay competitive until harper comes back the ironic thing that you bring up, Tuesday night in the show, I talked about McCutcheon and how poorly he had been performing. And what does he do in that 17-3 game against the Cincinnati Reds? He hits two home runs. So just go figure. Andrew McCutcheon, yeah, it's a good thing you were taken out of the leadoff spot. Stay in the sixth spot where you belong because your average is down, you can't field, and you're not a quality player anymore. So hopefully the kibosh will go on McCutcheon and he'll go on a little bit of, little bit of a run <laughs> against the Nationals and the Braves coming up here. But I want to mention one thing. In that 17-3, game can we give kudos to Archie Bradley relief pitcher extraordinaire did you watch the at bat that he had there was a position player pitching to him and Archie Bradley just stood there it was 17 to 3 in the top of the ninth inning first pitch strike second pitch strike third pitch Archie Bradley squares to bunt this is absolutely fantastic that he squares the punt and then he pulls back. And, of course, it's strike three. I loved it, Archie Bradley, because a position player, his friend from Arizona, was pitching to him. Absolutely great stuff. Go Phillies. <laughs> Again, we hope, we just hope that they, they will get far. And, and I, I, I know people talked about Joe Girardi as far as, you know, we should let Joe go, blah, blah, blah. There's nothing wrong with Joe Girardi. If you're going to – as a coach and players, you are paid to do a job, just like the rest of us are here. It, you know, everyone who's watching on the other side of the camera here, everyone gets paid to do a job, and they expect you to do set job. So now when it comes to Joe Girardi, he's doing the best that he can with what he has. We know that the Phillies talked about, what, almost two seasons ago, they want to spend stupid money. No offense, Bryce Harper got that stupid money, and we still have seen the stupid bats when it comes to Bryce Harper. And not knocking Bryce Harper, don't get me wrong, at the same time, too, but when you get paid to do a certain job, then step up and do that job. So when all these players start blaming, you know, your coach on why you aren't coached just correctly, how about look at yourselves as well on where you can carry this team? So somehow another Sixers have been able to do it. Phillies need to take whatever the Sixers are doing right over there across the street at the Wells 
bring it over to Citizens Bank Park because apparently this team can do it and they should do it because if the other clown out there in San Francisco wins one after being here and Joe doesn't first, oh, buddy. Hey, but sure. looking like this. I Go mean, ahead. you bring in a guy like Dave Dombrowski who's won a couple titles and has a great resume and throughout baseball being one of the better GMs. Like, you know, thing of it is, it's, you know, Girardi's Tony dealing with what he has on the bench. Like, it's not like he can go out and make the moves. I mean, the heat's on Dombrowski. I mean, hopefully at the deadline, if they're buyers, he won't go out and be able to spend some money for some of these other contracts that'll be one-year deals or whatever for next year just to compete to get to the wild card or win the division. Talk about the supposed to be the best division in baseball. It's a flat-out joke. I mean, sure. the, heat's off, the heat's on Dombrowski. So, Gerardo, like I said, Gerardi's only given what he's handed. There he goes. He got to fire it up. You. Well, it's the truth. Sherm, you're saying that the Phillies are going to make a run in June, huh? Is that a wage? Mm, never mind. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, they have the pitching that they could make a run in June. You know, they have four quality starters in Wheeler, Eflin, Nola, and if you get the good VB, then, yeah, I think they could be in business. You know, the five-starter, you get what you get. But VB, four of his last five starts have been very strong. I mean, the pitching can keep it in it keep them in it. The batting is a completely different thing. Hopefully they busted out of their shell with that 17 to three win. But what happens after the 17 to three win? They have Wednesday off. It got rained out and Thursday was an off day. And now they're going to run into Max Scherzer on Friday night with the Nationals. Uh, should be a pretty impressive game because I think it's Scherzer and Wheeler. So tune into that game. Should be a pretty good game. I'll, 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 I'll tell you what. So they mm. got the series against the Nationals. Then they have a series against the Braves. Then they have a series against the Yanks. Then the Dodgers. Two games. Then the Giants. Then the Nationals again. Then the Mets. And Bring then it, it takes it to, And then they close out the month with the Marlins. I'll tell you what. If they make a run by the end of June with that schedule, I'll buy you a new banner. That's what it. Make run run too. I'm Wait, holding you to that. Too. I'm what holding you to that, Neff. I'm holding you. For entertainment purposes only, I will, I will, I will cave, and I will, I will send it to you via the UPS or FedEx overnight. If they make a run with that schedule, if Vince Velasquez goes off, I'll buy you a separate hat. So, so we need, so we need classifications on what is going to constitute a run. I think the Phillies are four and a half games back right now. So, is it going to be based upon what they do? whether they make uh, in a run in the standings, closing the gap, because they could go, you know, five games over 500 in the month of June and lose ground if the Mets go off. So, you know, about, off, off air, we can okay. talk about specifications of that. Well, how about, right, how about 21 games in the month of June? 21 games in the month of June. How about, how about, the, rec how about the record in June overall? 1-0 right now. You say, you say in June. So how many games? They got 21 games left? 21 yeah. games in the month of June. The overall record of the month of June, where the Phillies, if they're if they're if they are five games over five, I'll, I'll give you six. If they're six games over five hundred, with those remaining games, I'll buy you a new banner. Can I get a witness? 
You are the witness. Well, we got multiple witnesses. You are the witness. What? Thanks again to the middle show, the guys coming on with us, Harry Mays, Aton Shannon, Barry Brooks. Again, if you guys follow them on the middle show, you go to middle, the middle show underscore on your tour handle, click on the link, and then it'll take you out to YouTube, Philly Voice, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Again, the guys individually, there's Harry Mays at Harry Mays TU, Aton Shannon, the Shannon Show. And Barry Brooks at B Brooks 72 NBCS. As I screwed that one up earlier. But thanks <laughs> you guys for coming on tonight. We thank we had a lot of fun definitely Great. with them. We also like to thank our special here with Goose's Monte Cristo Lounge. And if you guys have seen on the bottom banner there, if you need the finest cigar in the Delaware Valley, look no further than cigargoose.com. Cigargoose.com. Pick out the cigar that you want. And by the way, go up to Limerick and see Goose in person and get the finest cigars in town right directly from Goose's <laughs> Pond Studio at, at the Pencil. What do you yeah. the Pencil? Take a note. Hey, he's smoking his fake. He's smoking his fake. That, that fake stogie. He's smoking his fake. And Tom says he will testify. <laughs> so, thanks, everyone who tuned in tonight. We do appreciate everyone coming on. Uh, we have our Tuesday night show, which as of right now, it's the boys hanging out on Tuesday night. That will be at seven o'clock. But again, that audio will be downloaded on Wednesday morning. And by the way, for the show from this past Tuesday, it is on broadstreetsouth.com and broadstsouth.com. I want you guys to like, subscribe, and share the page, not only on Facebook, but also on YouTube and under YouTube. You guys will see we're still under Street South Sports Talk. So follow that as we're getting the Street South version of YouTube up and going. But at the moment, it's Street South Sports Talk. Follow us on YouTube as well. Tell your friends, tell everyone to follow us. Again, check out our BroadStreetSouth.com page where young Nick has four articles up there and looking fantabulous on his articles. So take a look at his articles. And by the way, those the best analysts in the business, look no further than our young Ducky. Because he is the best in the business. So take a look. You guys share it again. As far as when it comes to Twitter, you can also follow us on Broad Street South Pod. Broad SC South Pod on Twitter and individually with the guys. Uh, I will leave everyone with some Sixers music. And I see one more coming up here is David. Thank you, David. Great job, guys. We do appreciate it. Um, Along with Sean. Who else did I miss here beforehand? Sean, his uncle, Mike Estenberg, once again, thank you for watching the show. Christina, Barbara, for bringing up his, uh, when it comes to Philly. So thank you to Randy as well, Marina, and Dave. And Dave, I will do what I promised exactly to do, and I will bring that up. Matter of fact, right now, Dave does have a brand-new show coming up this Sunday night, and I need to find it here momentarily as I bring it up. From 8 to 9.30, you can find it on YouTube, if I do remember correctly, and on Facebook, it is the Steel City Renegades, and I was correct when it came to the name. So Dave Wallacek's group at Redline LLC, check them out, Steel City Renegades, from 8 to 9.30 this week coming up. That should be really exciting, as we will have pretty much, I mean, it could be a good debate between Brock Street South and Steel City Renegades, Birds, Steelers, so that's a pretty good job by Dave, and I know he's got a new lineup coming up. He's also going to have a new location coming up as well. So they're looking to do bigger and better things. And, of course, also to Rob J and Cleveland's Finest uh, Cleveland's finest Podcast, as those guys are doing such a fantastic show as well. So 
Thanks to everyone coming out tonight. We do appreciate it. As I said, we'll be exiting out here with some little bit of some Sixers twos. Let's see if the Sixers can't put it together here for round two. And 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 I will be a homer for the moment. The <laughs> NHL picks up tomorrow night. Just staying down here in Tampa. Go Bolts because they're up two games to none. Mm. Don't hold it against me. Listen. We know, don't we don't go with that don't fly up in Philly, my man. Title Sorry. town of the South. Title hey, town of the South. Let's root for Carolina. Listen, the people frauds. in Carolina don't even vote, don't even root for the people. Tampa in Bay Bucks are a bunch of frauds. <laughs> just like the Bolts. No hurt. No raised. Okay. All fraudulent. Like some hey, some listen. folks on here. Fraudulent Look, I'm fans. Just saying, I, I, I'm, I'm just telling it like it is. We're from Philly and we don't care. <laughs> hey, hey, we're from, we're from Flip and Philly, and we don't care. You want you want the chant there, Pooch? Yeah, play it, play please. It. Play it, play it. We'll play it just before we go out here, just for Fuji. And by the way, just because I am down here in Tampa, believe me, I'm still four for four back home. But it's nice mm. to see the defending stuff, uh, defending Stanley Cup champions oh. trying to make another push and a hard one. And oh. we will be down there on Saturday night down there in the <laughs> Family Arena. Hmm. I don't know. I think we're legions. There you go. Just just for food. See Vogue in there striking a pose. And uh, by the way, because again, it becomes my favorite part of the night. Mana, mana. The man mana, mana. right above front with mana, mana. Mana, mana. Mana, mana. It's on Check it out in the Muppets. Take it away, Sherman. Yo, everyone, tell your sister and mom, check out the sales at burksboutique.com. Thank you for the plug. Appreciate it. Not a problem whatsoever. So, again, Thanks to Debbie, the producer, who told me earlier that things weren't working a little bit crazy because we had some echo, but thankfully it worked itself out. So thanks to Debbie, the producer, and Christina for tuning in, Ryan Fuji. And by the way, again, still four for four. Don't listen to old Vito Corleone there. Three for, for four. four. This guy right here. All right. Let's not forget that. Just Should be to the orange and black, not that thing. old blue team. Listen, it doesn't matter. Not the bolts. It, it doesn't matter. Since I've been down here, I will say in my defense, since I've been down here, apparently I must have taken a championship from Philly down here because mm. these guys have been winning for some odd reason. Just saying. Well, Tampa Bay was a ball team. It's okay. Because the NFL had it in for Brady to get another fan, so Super Bowl. okay. You can say whatever you want to. I'm not a Bucks fan, so it doesn't matter to me. Well, I'm just I'm just stating that the facts. No, that's true. So for young Nick there, Sherman, the sports contributor, everyone, we will see you next Thursday at 730. And by the way, uh, Sherman, would you like to let everyone know who's going to be on with us next Thursday? Absolutely. The high school where I work, Frankfurt High School in Philadelphia, PA, we are going to have longtime, successful, winning baseball coach Juan Namnan as a guest on our show next Thursday night. So be sure to check that out. Frankfurt Proud. He'll be on the show next. 
Thursday night at 7.30. No, and there's my aunt. My tia. Hello, Junito. This is Titi Ali. It's nice to see you. How are you? Um, tia, I'm doing fantastic. Living a dream down here in paradise. And I, I miss you. I haven't seen you in many, many years. But I, I'm hoping to go back home here further north, by the way, back up to New England. as it, It's two homes, Philly up to New England. But tia, I, I will see you hopefully sometime soon unless you come down here. So uh, I miss you. I love you. And, and tell Tio Wakal that I said hello. La bendición. So thank you for, for watching here at the, at the last minute. So again, I will leave everyone with some Sixers music. Once again, we'll see everyone next week at 7.30 unless we get some crazy breaking news or something happens in between. We will see everyone again come next week. <laughs> Have a good weekend, everyone. Ring the bell. Ring the bell for the Sixers. Here we come, everybody! Philadelphia, 76ers, stop your feet, everybody!